Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and I want to welcome you to the Game Changers podcast hosted by Michelle Dutrell. I personally cannot speak more highly of the value of mentorship, and this podcast will bring you some of the best. If you want some inspiration back with strategy of how to make your vision a reality, stay tuned and prepare to ignite. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Game Changer Podcast. My name is Michelle Dutro, and I am really happy today to be talking with my guest, Ian Ryan. We actually have a couple of things in common that we didn't realize until we actually started chatting. We're in a couple of the same communities and groups together, so we share a love of podcasting, and we also share a love of getting to figure out podcasting, because it's certainly a world unto itself. So I look forward to chatting about a couple of those things as well, I'm sure, in our conversation. But more than just a podcaster, I want to give you a little bit of background on Ian and, and who he is. You know, he started really an exercise program uh, quite a while ago, back when he was a freshman at uh, West Virginia University. And you know, I think it's really cool when people on their own in their own way come into something. And this really is what has happened for him. I know we're going to get a lot more detail in this, but when we come into something for our own personal reasons that wind up being a very big why, I think that not only is that sustainable, but we really do live into what our calling and our passion is. And I know that that's going to come through in this conversation. So he started a, a corporate, you know, really wellness and fitness program back in Washington, D.C. He has recently moved out to sunny San Diego. We'll probably get to hear a little bit about that transition. And as well, through all of this, I'm sure hear a lot about the mindset topic that we're going to chat about today, which is overcoming fear. And there's no way you can make massive changes in your life in, in whatever that is without having to deal with and figure your way around, over, through that topic of fear. So I look forward to talking about his life and his journey and what he's doing that is really transforming people's lives as it relates to health and fitness, which, you know, if you listen to this show at all, that's hugely, insanely important topic to me, as is this topic of getting past fear in whatever it is you want to do. So with all that, Ian, is there anything that I left out that you want to make sure the audience knows about you before we get underway? No, thanks for the wonderful introduction, Michelle, and I, I look forward to sharing my journey on your show. All right, excellent. Well, let's start there then. So I kind of gave everybody a backdrop in the fact that, you know, you were back in college when you had this epiphany of, you know, hey, maybe my health and wellness uh, should matter a little more than what it does. I'd love for you to take me through that place in your life where you are now. And, and even back before that, did you always know in some way that you were meant to positively impact others? Or did life sort of take you on this path to the realization of, you know what, this is really what I'm here for? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I think for a long time I've known that I wanted to make a positive impact in the world, but as my journey has evolved, so has my message and my overall mission in life. You know, it all started back in college when I started getting into the fitness industry. I, it all started with me putting on about 15 pounds my freshman year. You know, I came back home and everyone was like, oh my God, Ian looks like you put on a bunch of weight. And that was my call. I said, all right, I need to do something about this. And when I started working out consistently, I just, I fell in love 
with fitness. And from there, I always knew, you know, I wanted to pursue a career in the fitness industry. So that's where it kind of all started. And I, I never stopped working out from there. As soon as I got out of college, I started working in the big box gyms. I ran every position from, you know, front desk to general manager to regional manager and eventually launched my own corporate fitness business in DC, which was going really well for a while. But I always felt like something was missing, like there was something more that I needed to be doing. And I think a lot of us, you know, go through that phase at some point in our lives. Uh, but I always kind of feared putting my voice out into the world. You know, I, I was afraid of being judged. I wanted to start a blog. I wanted to start a podcast, but I didn't really, you know, have the courage to do that. Well, in January of 2015, I actually lost my brother uh, tragically at age 25. And that was definitely the catalyst behind a lot of big change in my life. And that was really when I decided, you know what, I'm going to do this because in the face of death, Michelle, you know, putting your voice out into the world seems pretty minuscule, right? It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. So, you know, that's kind of when I propelled my journey forward and said, you know, I want to take this thing to the next level, you know, started my podcast, started my blog, started connecting with people and packed up my bags, moved to sunny San Diego. And, uh, and that's where we're at now. So, uh, that's my, my journey in a nutshell. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm super fired up and inspired to see what 2016 brings. So with all that, and there's, uh, you know, a lot in there, I certainly don't want to just breeze over the loss of your brother. That's incredibly tragic to lose a family member at any age, let alone somebody taken so young. So in that, just in that moment, before we dive in uh, here to dealing with uh, fear and how to overcome it, just in that, and I know that there are things that happen in our life that really make us step back and say, what do I value? How am I showing up? You know, life is short. What do I want to do with it? In that moment, because I know that there are a lot of people listening right now that are going through their own things of here is an event that either I am uh, just on the other side of or maybe going through, and I'm trying to redefine what my life is now because of that. What are some of the things that, that took you from, you know, getting the news to packing your bags and going to San Diego? There's a lot that went on in there for you mentally and emotionally, spiritually. What are some of the things that helped you kind of put the pieces and meaning back together for yourself to be able to say, okay, I'm going to take this, assign this the best meaning possible and do good with it. How did you work your way through that? You know, it's a, it's a good question, you know, and I don't want anyone to think that's listening to this show that I didn't grieve and, you know, I didn't feel pain after my brother passed away. There was a period of time where I was feeling pretty low, but when someone dies, or I know in my case, when, when my brother passed away, you start asking yourself the big questions in life. You know, you start asking yourself, what has my impact been? What have I done? What am I going to be remembered for? And you realize we're not promised anything. You know, life can really be taken away from us at any time. And it really makes you think. So some of the things that really helped me are, you know, I practice gratitude on a daily basis. It's a habit that I was practicing before my brother passed away. And I certainly became even more inclined to do it each and every day after he did, he did pass away. And by doing that, it made me focus on the positives in my life. You know, I would, I would realize, okay, well, I've lost my brother. Obviously, it's a huge tragedy, but I can go one of two ways. I can let this, you know, take me down a negative spot or spiral me negatively, or I can use this message to not only inspire others, but really catapult me in a positive direction. Obviously, my mother had a lot to do with it. You know, her losing a son was so devastating for her, and I wanted to make her proud. 
so, you know, I just use it as an opportunity. I said, this, this story could, could help others. It could, it could help inspire others. If, if I use it to my advantage, you know, I think a lot of people when they're going through adversity, they can let that define them in one of two ways. But if we're able to share our trials and tribulations and, and use our message to inspire others, I think it can actually help with our healing as well. And that's what, what had happened with me, you know, after about a month, I decided that, you know, I was going to launch, uh, launch my online brand and, you know, slowly but surely I just built this momentum up and, you know, I realized that I was actually making an impact and, you know, month in and month out, I just tried to move forward and that's kind of how, where we are today. So in all of that, and that is such a huge message for people to take away that, you know, oftentimes we have a fork in the road of, I can either take what has happened and assign the meaning of how am I going to make this the best or how am I going to let it sink my ship? And, and that's, you know, no small potatoes sitting in that moment of realizing that it always is a choice. Everything that we go through and every feeling that we have is a choice in how we're going to respond even in that. So let's fast forward here a little bit when you're deciding, okay, I want to really make the most of this and I want to have this, have the most positive meaning possible. Fear still shows up. Like you had mentioned earlier when we first started talking, you know, uh, who am I to have my voice out there, whether it's writing or on a podcast or whatever it is, a a stretch all the way across the country. Now, I don't know if you have friends or family in San Diego, whether you do or not, it's still, you're going clear across country and essentially, you know, really starting over and putting yourself out there. So all of that comes with its own inherent amount of fear. And uh, again, I know there's people listening who would like to really do something very drastically different with their life. And they're thinking, whether it's, you know, I'm a fraud, who am I to be doing that? Or I'm not good enough. All those are fear voices. What are some of the things that you did to, to deal with that? Like I said, either walk around or walk straight through that fear. How, how, what were some of the things that you did to, uh, to get past that? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. We all face fear to a certain extent, you know, and I think really when when we can sit down and realize that fear is really just a product of the thoughts we create, we can look at it and analyze it a little bit differently. But when things started changing for me, you know, back, back before this is, you know, I started getting really into self-development even before my brother died. But I look back in my life three or four years ago when I was scared of something or I didn't know how to do something, I would just kind of brush it to the side and say, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't blessed with that talent or that gift. So I'm not going to try and learn how to do it. But, you know, I had some tragic thing happen in my life, you know, some, some family tragedy, obviously my brother, and I started to view life a little bit differently and I started attacking my fears. And I think that that's a big takeaway from your audience is, uh, is to really go after your fears instead of running away from them. So let me give you an example. Cause I always like to show personal examples so people can relate to them and we'll just start with public speaking. You know, it was something that absolutely terrified me back in college. I could tell you presentations where I broke down and was, you know, sweating per- Profusively and had to pull the professor out of class and tell him, you know, let me get another shot because that's how bad it was. That's how much of a fear it was for me. But, you know, I started attending Toastmasters meetings and I would just sit back in the back and analyze. And from there, you know, I would say, okay, I'm going to sign up for a presentation. And little by little, you chip away at that fear and you become better and you, be, you, you become better and better at your craft. Eventually, you know, hire a speech coach. So whatever that is, if someone wants to attack a fear, whether that's go to the, going to the gym because they're 100 pounds overweight and maybe they start by, you know, getting a DVD and then buying a gym membership 
and then getting a trainer. Chip away at your fears little by little, but make progress and consistent progress you know, each and every week, and you're going to develop more confidence along your journey. So that's that's really what it is. It's, a, it's about putting yourself out there, getting over those initial bumps and bruises in the beginning, and you'll just become so much more confident as you do that. So I want to talk about one specific fear because uh, some of them are tangible. And I'm glad you bring up the thing about going to a gym, right? I mean, uh, that's what they say. The, the journey of uh, a thousand miles begins with one step. And, and you're right. The biggest thing about whether you want to become more healthy or lose weight or whatever it is, is what's that very first thing you can do. It's a little more vague or ambiguous when we talk about putting ourselves out there where people are going to, and we all know social media, right? As soon as you put yourself out there, the folks behind the, uh, the keyboard have no problem finding every which way to tear you down. And sure. so that in and of itself, its own fear of how did you personally get past this thing about, you know, writing your own blog or writing for other people, or certainly starting a podcast, you're, you're not throwing yourself wide open. And I know it's a very common fear for people. And what holds them back is, is this thought of I'm not good enough or who am I to be giving advice or whatever it may be. And, and, and inherently the follow-up of, I don't want to be attacked, right? I, right. I don't want, I don't, I know how bad I, I mean, I don't think I'm good enough. I don't need you telling me I'm not good enough, right? Especially when you are somebody th- through, like I said, social media that I've never even met and I, I probably never will. So how did you personally get past? Cause you had brought that up in the opening of the show that that was a fear of yours. What did you do to say, uh, you know, I mean, is it just one day you woke up and said, well, I just don't care. Or how, what were the steps you took in order to literally put yourself out there in such a public way? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great question. I'm actually fired up to answer this one. I actually just did a video on this, on this exact topic and you know, you're absolutely right. Putting yourself out there can be, can be really difficult initially. And I think it comes down to your why, right? Why do you want to put like, what is the message behind what you want to do? And if that why is important enough to you, well, then you start analyzing the situation a little differently. I wanted to inspire more people and make a bigger impact and help people become better on a bigger scale. And I knew the only way that I could do that was to get over my fear of speaking and doing video and all these things online. And I think a lot of it was uh, when I lost my brother and all these things happened to me, my why became even stronger. But what I would encourage people to do is sit down and analyze what they're trying to get out there. I knew that my message was to help people in a positive way. So I got over the fear of having, you know, I used to, I used to worry about other people judging me. I used to really worry about, you know, trying to please everyone and being a yes man. I wanted to make sure that everyone agreed with my message. But what I realized is that's just, that's not going to happen. When you put your ideas into the world, you're going to have one or two people that might not agree with you, that might try to persuade you into thinking that your ideas don't matter. But if your why is strong enough and you can really come to terms and be confident behind your mission, I think it becomes a little bit easier. Now, for example, if your goal, if your vision in life is something negative or something that you shouldn't be putting out in the world, well, then you might not be very confident in that, right? And then that fear might be a little bit different. But I came to the terms with the fact that you know people needed to hear what I had to say. And I would be doing other people a disservice if I wasn't putting my message out into the world. So that's kind of how I got over it. you know. And then once I put it out there, getting over that those, uh, those first few times of doing it, it just became easier and easier because I started to get positive feedback. And then it was kind of a roller coaster of momentum in a positive direction. Well, I'll tell you, for anybody that just heard what you said and who listens to anything I've ever written or spoken about, uh, having a big enough why is the crux of everything I believe in as well. 
right? That's, sure. that's, that's when we really see our belief and our conviction in what we're doing is how big are the challenges that show up that really push you down? Because it's an indicator of how big your why is. When your why is big enough, it does not matter what shows up, right? You're going to push through it. So I, I'm appreciating the fact that you said that because I really agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. Now, I want to back up to another point you made, which is the role of gratitude. And that while you certainly uh, had a practice of gratitude prior to your brother's passing, it took an even greater role. So I'd like to talk now about uh, whether it's a daily ritual or things that you know are absolutely imperative for you to keep in your daily life in order for you to stay positive, stay focused, and stay on task and on mission. What are those things for you? You know, for me, it's a morning routine. I mean, it's something that I practice every single day, and it's so important to the effectiveness of my day. And I'm going to go over exactly why that is. You know, I think when we wake up every morning, we have a choice. We can either react to the world around us or we can set the stage for the rest of the day and uh, and kind of take control of it by working on ourselves. So getting back to that practice of gratitude, the very first thing I do is I grab my journal and I write down three things that I'm grateful for in my life, whether that's, you know, an actual thing in life or if if it's a person and I do it every single day and it flips the switch, you know, it makes me realize that even if, if things aren't going necessarily perfect in my life, that there's plenty of things to be grateful for. I mean, I could just go, go down the list, but for example, let's talk about today. Today I was, I I wrote in my gratitude journal. I talked about, you know, how lucky I am to live in San Diego and wake up. It's 80 degrees. Uh, my mother and my VA that helps me with my podcast, you know, little things like that. You start putting things into perspective and realize, you know, you're a pretty lucky guy. Um, the other thing is, is I always start my day with a workout. So I do a, a quick 10 to 15 minute circuit type workout. That's instrumental to getting me in a positive state for the rest of the day. And then I'll do my power shake. So I'll, I'll load up, uh, you know, some veggies and, and fruit and protein in my Nutribullet and, you know, I'll slug that down. So those three things, those are daily habits that I do every single day, no matter what. Um, if I have time, like today, you know, it was an inter- interview day. Um, so I did have a little bit more time early in the morning. You know, I go down to the beach and I just go for a, a 30 minute walk where I just kind of think about, you know, the, the creative work that I'd like to accomplish that day. But I think what's important really, Michelle, is that people take control of their day from the start. You know, I think uh, there's no cookie cutter approach, but if you can just lay out some simple things to do on a daily basis to set your, your state up in a positive way, I think that's super important. Okay. So let's talk about one of the things that I most commonly hear people say, and you and I come from the same space of coaching people on how to live a a healthier, uh, more well-rounded, balanced life. So one of the things that I hear about is, listen, I've got kids, they've got to get off to school. I've got to pack lunches. I've got to get myself off to work. But at the end of the day, I'm picking kids up. We're coming home. I got to make dinner. Uh, you know, here's the thing. And this, uh, this is all a great idea for you, maybe as a single guy in San Diego. I'm married. I've got kids. I've got a job. I've got all kinds of responsibilities. I've got no time. So I'll probably start that when the kids graduate from high school, that's a great idea someday, but that's just not going to happen today. What do you say to those folks? Yeah, you know, and I get this a lot and it's, I mean, it's a good valid question to us to an extent, but at the end of the day, it's still an excuse because you can always find time, you know, of, if you got to wake up. All right. So let's go back to the excuse. You know, I got kids, I got to wake up at six o'clock. Well, guess what? I train clients at 5am and I'm up at four or three 30 to make sure that no matter what, every single day, 
I have time to work on myself. And the other thing I would have to say about that is it doesn't have, you don't have to spend a ton of time doing it. You know, taking care of your health doesn't have to be a two hour production at the gym. It can really be as something is as simple as going for a jog around the block for 15 minutes each and every morning, right? And it can be something as simple as preparing some chopped up vegetables and leaving them in a bag in your refrigerator and adding them to a smoothie in the morning to make sure that you're putting the proper nutrients in your body that are going to give you sustained energy throughout the rest of the day. You know, once again, Michelle, it comes down to a choice. I understand that some people's lives are are more hectic than me. And that's obviously a valid concern having kids and, you know, being married. Obviously those people are going to have more obligations than someone like myself who's single in San Diego, but it still comes down to, you know, is it a priority for you? Because if your health is a priority and it should be, because if, if, if without your health, what do you have, Right. Well, if it really is a priority for you, you'll find time and it doesn't have to take that much of your time up. So I would really encourage people to really think about that. So I want to talk about one specific aspect of this. So on the topic of just moving, right. whether you said, hey, it's it's 15 minutes every day, whatever it is that you can make time for. And I agree with you completely. We always make time for what matters. So the, right. the first look should be, why does this not matter enough to you? Because like I said, we all make time for what matters the most. Sure. So why do you feel as a personal trainer that just the topic of moving, getting your body moving is so valuable? Yeah. I mean, I I think getting moving is, is valuable for so many different reasons. One, most of us spend the day sitting in a chair at work and we, we don't move at all. So it just slows down our metabolism, right? Right from the start. Um, the other thing is, is just going for a walk or going for a jog around the block is going to get our endorphins going, right? So we're just going to have more positive energy each and every morning. Those are just a couple of the simple things that we can do. And I always encourage people, you know, I encourage people to move initially because if they haven't been working out for a long time, let's say, you know, like you said, they've had kids that they're married, they haven't worked out in five years or six years, it can be intimidating. So one, they fear that they don't have enough time to go to the gym for an hour, an hour and a half, three to four days a week. And two, they're probably not in great shape. So they're putting it off when in reality, you can get so much benefit from just moving. So I think really, once again, going back to this topic of attacking your fears or goals and chopping it away at them little by little is so valuable. And you can bring it back to the fitness industry. Start with a walk around the block, something simple. You're going to get the benefit of your endorphins going, of your metabolism getting sped up, of you feeling better, of relieving back pain, whatever it may be. And then from there, you can progress, right? You can add a jog. Maybe now you get in a little bit better shape. You finally say, you know what, I'm going to bite the bullet and get a gym membership. So I just think building that positive momentum and creating that habit of just moving is going to get the ball rolling and it's going to allow you to, to kind of build momentum and probably stick with it down the road. Now, uh, Ian, I know that this really was the the start for you, your, you know, the beginning of your freshman year and what's now I would imagine going to continue to be a complete lifelong passion of being able to positively influence others in this area. But to go back and considering this is the Game Changer podcast, I have to assume that someone or something was a game changer for you. And I love when we talk about mentorship and, and some of those people are people we directly interact with. And some of the people are people who aren't even alive today, but reading their story or reading their works or whatever it is has been a tremendous influence over us and, and truly has been a game changer. Who has that been for you and why? 
there's been a couple people that have really influenced me from afar and and I guess in person too. My mom has been so influential. Um, my mom's been like a mentor to me and, you know, not a lot of people can say, not everyone can say that, you know, I've, I've had such an amazing relationship with her. She's uh, very entrepreneurial, has always encouraged me to, you know, pursue my dreams and not settle. Um, so I, I would say in person, she has been the most influential person in my life. And then in terms of a mentorship from afar, um, you know, Darren Hardy has been super influential to me. Um, a couple of his books, The Compound Effect, if you've ever read The Compound Effect, it's, it's an easy read. It's been, you know, very inspiring on, on my journey. Tony Robbins, you know, someone that I've followed has, has been super influential to me as well. Um, so those are just a couple of the people I could go on with other mentors, but you know, we'll, we'll stop there. Those are, those are all very influential people to me. So curiosity on this, because mentorship means a great deal to me. How important is it? Would you say when you're talking with people that they have, you know, someone or several people in their life as sort of a, a guidepost, whether it's accountability or keeping that positive influence in your life? Uh, from your perspective as a, as a, you know, personal trainer and a coach yourself, how important is it that, that we all have that type of individual in our life? I think it's super important. I think you elevate to the, to the level of those around you, right? If you're hanging out with people that have the same values as you and are trying to live an inspired life, you're going to be more inclined to, you know, raise the bar and raise the standard. Whereas, you know, if you're hanging out with people that aren't doing much, it's going to be a lot easier to, to go the other way. So I think your associations mean a lot. They really do. Um, having a mentor, someone that you can get advice from is, is super important. A lot of people think that, you know, you have to spend a ton of money doing that, but really it's just a matter of crafting out, you know, a small group that like you said, can, can hold you accountable, that you can share ideas with, that you can bounce stuff off one another with. So yeah, I think it's, it's a very valuable tool and uh, something that everyone should have at, at some level. All right. So as we wrap this up and we are talking about advice and words of wisdom, I'm going to narrow you down to one. So if somebody's listening to this right now and they think, you know, I, I would like to make some changes in my life in any regard, whatever that may be, whether that's their health and fitness, whether that's in business, whatever. If you were to give somebody a single best piece of advice that really wants to change the game in some way, whether it's for themselves or for someone else, what would that be? Well, okay. I'm going to give you one piece of advice, but I want to explain it a little bit. <laughs> so step into one of one, think about your life and think about something that would inspire you. Maybe that's a fear, whatever that is that you've been putting off. You know, make a commitment to yourself to attacking that fear this week and taking the first step in doing so. So what, whatever that is, you just, you need to get over the fact and you need to break down whatever that, that goal is or whatever that fear is and chip away at it, but you can't keep putting it off. You know, there's never a time, uh, where, where all the cards align and I'm a big believer in imperfect action. So you know, take that imperfect action, make it happen and, and go after it. And I promise you that once you take that first step, everything's going to get a lot easier along the way. All right. And final question out of everything you've been through in life and where this journey has taken you, what is the one thing that you absolutely believe to be true? You know, I think that, uh, we are the CEO of our own life. And I mean, I couldn't tell you how, how true that is. You know, we get to create the script that we live. And it, when people really think about that, you know, it, it, I, I believe it's so important that you follow your intuition. 
I think a lot of people, you know, they, they live a life based on other people's opinions and they never live a life true to themselves. And I think that that is, that's one of the worst things that, that you can do. So I think that, you know, if you follow your intuition and you realize that, you know, you are in control of your own destiny, you'll make a lot more of the right decisions. And like you said, Michelle, you touched on it earlier. It all boils down to choices, right? And at, at the end of the day, we're, we're in control of our own choices. All right. So if anybody is listening right now and they want to continue hearing and being more inspired uh, from you and by you, what are the ways that somebody can, one, follow your podcast and two, just to learn more about you, whether it's uh, they're in San Diego or they just want to be part of your coaching program or your Facebook group, what are the ways that people can do that? Sure. Absolutely. Well, I'd love people to check out, you know, the fearless and healthy podcast. Um, you know, I think you, if, if you found our interview inspiring, you know, I bring on a lot of inspiring guests, um, check that out. I can give you all the information if you want to link to it in, you know, the show notes page or anything. Um, also fearlessandhealthy.com. That's my website where you can check out all my podcasts and resources. And I also, Michelle, have a free resource for your guests. I, I took all my interviews, my most inspiring guests, and I broke down, you know, the 10 morning routines, the first 60 minutes of the day for my 10 most downloaded episodes. And I want to give that to your audience if they're interested. Um, so I'll give you that link. So, you know, if you want to send it over or you want to link to it, you know, they'll be able to download that. Excellent. Well, everybody, this will all be on show notes. So I will have the link on show notes as well. The links to uh, Ian's website and podcast. And this is absolutely well worth your time. He and I are both huge believers that you have to surround yourself with positive, uh, really inspiring people. And he certainly is one of them. So uh, he should be absolutely on your podcast rotation as well as, like I said, following his journey and getting more involved. So with that, Ian, thank you so very much for your time. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. I enjoyed uh, being on your show and we'll chat soon, Michelle. Thanks. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.